0: Welcome back to Dream a Little Dream, our space to talk about art, life, and everything in between. On this podcast, I had the amazing pleasure of speaking with Savvy Writes Books, who is a YouTuber. She is also an author, and she has a business of her own called Forever Friends forever forever home friends and fur spelled like furry, fur. So um, she's very bubbly and I was so excited to have this conversation with her because it was just like back and forth. I feel like she knows the struggle. I feel like she was the perfect candidate for a Dream a, Dream, Dream a Little Dream podcast because she's just been hustling and, you know, doing all of the work that she needs to do in order to build up her her empire. And she's actually getting paid through ads on YouTube. So kudos to you, Savvy. Great job. And she has a book coming out on September 8th, and I will drop the links here in the notes, and you will be able to check it out or pre-order it. I think it's actually going to be dropped on her birthday, so <laughs> you could check it out. There's a couple of other books that she wrote that I think that I'm going to order. One's called Sculpture Yourself or... And I can't remember the the other name of the other one, but she's on Amazon. So I believe she's on Amazon under Savvy Writes Books, and you could probably find her new book just by putting hashtag Savvy Business. So I think that's the that's the title of her new book. hashtag Savvy Business. So I'm really excited for her and I'm happy that she is out there and making it work, making the dream come alive. Um, In other news, um, I have because there's been a, a lag in the, the podcasting is because I've just been super busy. Like um, the Plain Air event has blown up because we got funding from the county and thank you to the Friends of Harmony Hall for allowing us to use that tourism money to make Plain Air more of what it already was. And, um, but unfortunately last weekend it rained out. So I hope everyone listening will keep their fingers crossed for me that this rain date, which is gonna be on Sunday, August 23rd, when Plain Air will actually be happening in Sloatsburg from noon until five you can come out and see artists making art live and it should be a great day I think it's gonna be beautiful and sunny and here I am keeping my fingers crossed for that and so also in the mix of everything else I've been spending my weekends building a shed in the backyard so you can see that on Instagram you can see the progress of me building this shed and I'm not building it alone of course me and Eric are doing it and my stepdad even came in from Minnesota to help and so thank you guys I really love all the support and it's been it's been a journey building that shed it's a lot of work in the summer <laughs> the summer sun is so hot and so it's just been Overwhelming. I have not been able to get into the podcast mode because I've just been working so hard but I gotta tell you there's nothing like spending a really hard day working and taking that shower or there's a river behind our house and getting hopping in the river and having just a nice cold beverage (laughs) so it's been worth it it's just a lot of work and so I mean it's kind of given me a little bit of pause to think about this podcast and I might move forward with a little bit different format so stay tuned and um in the meantime keep following your dreams Welcome back. So today I have the pleasure of having Savvy Writes Books, and you will learn more about her. That's not her real name, but she's a YouTuber (laughs) extraordinaire. She's an author and illustrator and has a book coming out on September 8th. We'll drop the links in the notes, but welcome, Savvy. Thank you for joining us.
1: Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, so I caught you... So Savvy and I don't like know each other or anything I just caught one of her YouTube videos Where she was talking about Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis's
1: divorce And <laughs> it was one of my guilty pleasures I think that's where like three quarters of my audience found me at this point <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean it's a hot topic So it's like yeah. wow
1: There's so many theories out
0: there And then, But I just I saw that you are out there doing the real grind And I was like yeah. I need to talk to you about this I feel like you're a perfect candidate for the Dream a Little Dream podcast So thank you
1: Absolutely. I'm glad you reached out to me. So
0: I kind of wanted to talk mostly or just start the conversation about your book that's coming out on September 8th. Uh, and called, mm-hmm. Is it called technically hashtag savvy business owner? Is that what you're going to name it?
1: Yeah, that's the title. Yeah, we just did the cover reveal. Yeah, with the hashtag, because here's the thing on Instagram, uh, hashtag savvy business owner is a popular hashtag already. Oh, okay. And it was kind of like a few years ago, Sophia Amoruso, the founder of Nasty Gal, had made a wrote a book called hashtag girl boss. And that was a popular hashtag. And I think that helped to gain traction. So I'm like, maybe I'll try that method because my name is already in a popular hashtag. So I might as well leverage this. Oh, yeah. That yeah. works for real. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love how when you're in when you start really getting into everything, you start to see the connections and how you can really like make a way to get yourself scene, you know? So that's that's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh-huh. So what you're doing is you're trying to kind of demystify business for people who because you didn't go to school to be a business, but you're now an entrepreneur uh, entrepreneur so.
1: Right. I even have a chapter in the book where I talk about this and I talk about like my path to becoming an entrepreneur, but I did not go to business school. I got my masters in writing and publishing and while I was at school, um I would go to I would just go over to the business school and like sit in on talks and, you know, go to events and panel discussions and join competitions and join, it's just like do things extracurricularly over there. Um, So yeah, I don't have a formal business education, but I, you know, started running a business in 2017. Today's actually, well, we're recording this on August 11th. I know this won't go up on August 11th, but today is the 3 year anniversary of the date that my business first launched and our first two books went up for sale Sweet. so it's back. really exciting i'm going to uh, bake cupcakes tonight to celebrate but Yay. yeah yeah so okay so
0: you have a book so you don't know anything about okay let's take let's take a step back so you started this company called forever home friends right mm-hmm. and you were like yes. 23 years old and you've mm-hmm. been just kind of what is that can you explain a little bit about what that is
1: sure so forever home friends is a series of children's books stuffed and in- animals and toys based on real rescue dogs and their stories of getting adopted so mm-hmm. I would compare it to like a company like American Girl like the American Girl dolls but um, for dogs instead of oh, about people okay. um, and the stories kind of deal with different social issues and talk about things related to pet adoption and they're made for kids to kind of connect with the books and then they have a little stuffed animal that you can adopt to go with the books so that you can you know have that dog story have the plushie of that dog now mm-hmm. I've been learning 3D modeling and 3D printing to make like hand make Accessories and little toys that go with the stuffed animals. Uh, so yeah, it's that's been the business, and it's been growing over the past, past three years. Okay, yeah, it's a good time. So how? What made you get
0: started? Like, what sparked you? when you're like, I because I know you said something in your questions that um, you just you knew you couldn't do the corporate thing. Like you knew you couldn't sit eight hours <laughs> in the office.
1: Can you take us back there? I, uh... <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, well, so, my goal has always been to be an author from the beginning. And I think a lot of authors will tell you that. When I first started going to, like, when I first got out of college when I was about 22, I would start going to, like, Chicago author events, conferences, meetups, those kind of things. And I noticed everyone was, like, 60, 70 years old, and I was 22. And literally everyone there was older than my parents. And I'm like, what is this? And I was realizing there was this trend of people waiting to go into a Creative career until after they had retired, or after they had finished raising kids, or after they had gathered a lot of savings from their day job, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I was I was realistic. I knew you know you cannot make a full time, at least in my experience, you cannot make a full time income in a creative field instantly. It's going to take years of buildup. Right. But I knew that were like I I did try out for one month working at like a a corporate kind of company. I was doing like sales type work, and it was just like, Oh, did that make a noise? Um, not much. No, okay. Okay, my, my Google Calendar, like, made a noise. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, um... That kind of job, I was realizing when I would go there, it was so much effort and so much time that I was like, I can't do this and then go home and try to do this and then try to do this and try to do this. So I started taking like multiple part time jobs in different places that all had a certain way that they could connect to what I was doing in the long run. So I would take a a few part-time jobs make my schedule work there was a point in 2017 where I was working like 95 hours a week I was going to school I was doing like five jobs and I had just started this business and I got married like all at the same time and it was a lot but like it it was what I needed to do and now I'm in a much better place because of it so I don't know yeah um it's kind of like that hard growth that growth spurt you know you gotta go yeah through that. and i talk about this a lot in the book too where i go through a couple chapters about where i started and how i got to this point and and that kind of thing but sometimes if there are a lot of opportunities there for you or you seek out opportunities and then you find that it becomes overwhelming uh sometimes you just need to keep going if those opportunities are right for you but if it's something that's like when i was working in sales that was just for a paycheck so i could pay my rent and then i could go home and focus on writing but I couldn't go home and focus on writing because I was tired from doing a difficult job that was paying me and I was like this isn't worth it I can find something else that is more worth it you know so that kind of thing
0: I think a lot of my listeners would uh, identify with that because, like, there's a there's a whole saying of, like, the 9 to 5 and then the 5 to 9, right? And so, mm. a, lot, a lot of the people that I feature on the podcast are doing that 5 to 9, but it can be, you have to have a lot of motivation and you just have to be on top of your energy, right? Like, sleep mm-hmm. right and eat right all the time. You know, it's like, you have to be, like, an athlete, <laughs> you know? So.
1: Yeah. And at the end of college, I kind of was that way. When I was about 22, I was, I was like, in shape. I was working out, like, t- twice a day sometimes. I was in the college marching band and going to practice and then doing, like, work on student film sets. And so I was just, like, go, 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 and I never ran out of energy. Right. Um, I know I'm not, like, I try to tell people I've, I've gotten older since then. People are, like, because uh, I'm 27. People are, like, you're 27. You're not old. I'm, like, I'm not old, but I, I, I already am losing the, the ability to go forever, like, I had when I was younger. It, yes. it escapes you fast. Yeah, you notice it and you're like, "Oh, that's what that's like."
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so but then but you also then learn how to focus your energy really well in the spaces that you need to. Like for instance, writing a book. You know, you you wouldn't have yeah. if you're so scattered all the time it's harder to sit and focus on one thing and really kind of put right. your eggs in that basket. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I I want to touch on this whole thing with the MLM and Rachel Hollis and yeah. like all, all the videos that you do on that stuff. And um, <laughs> one of the things that I thought would be great to explain to the listeners on this podcast was the idea behind toxic positivity.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's maybe this big is a thing. curveball. But
0: like, c- can yeah. you explain a little bit what you what you would define toxic positivity?
1: Well, before I I even realized that, I I don't know who first coined the term for this, but that has become a, a talking point a lot of people have been talking about recently. And I first started thinking about this concept when... I guess when i was first starting to learn business right when yeah. i was first starting to learn how to like re- i was reading books i was picking up books by successful business owners and reading them and there was just this element in there that was so much about positivity that it would annoy me because yeah. i'm a positive person like i i i will uh criticize toxic positivity but i'm actually very optimistic um high energy like right. I, i'm a really happy person overall so i'm i'm very in favor of having a positive attitude but I think there's just sometimes people think that there's such a high focus on it and that having an extreme focus on positivity is what's going to help your business grow. And when in reality, that's not true. What's going to help your business grow is finding your target audience is finding strategies that work is making something that no one else has seen before and that people want, and then finding how to reach those people, building an audience and above all, just like working nonstop on it. That's what's going to help your business yeah. grow. Having a positive attitude will help in the sense that, you know, if you don't have the confidence to do all those things, Things or you feel in despair and you want to give up, then sure, the positive attitude's necessary. But I was reading right. so many business books where it would be like, I use the law of attraction where I would just think good thoughts all day and good things would come to me. Or like I used a visualization technique where I put these thoughts out in the universe so they would be manifested. And I was like, this, this doesn't tell me anything. Like I already have a positive attitude. <laughs> I'm already – I'm already happy. I already know that I can do it. I already am very confident in my product. I need help figuring out new marketing strategies, okay? Like that's what I need help with. And it was telling me nothing except to be like, you know, spend money, spend money. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself. I'm like, okay, but, but where do you get money to invest in yourself? Because money doesn't come out of thin air. So like, eventually I figured out, oh, I can try crowdfunding. Oh, I can run a campaign. Oh, but there's a whole learning curve to this. So what do I learn from that? Oh, I can seek out a business loan at the bank. Well, what's the process for that? Like, and it's like, those are the things no one was telling me in a book because it was so focused on like mindset. And I was like, I have a, a good mindset already. Right. People who start businesses don't have... Generally, they don't have a negative mindset in the first place. So And so it becomes... <laughs> that positivity
0: becomes toxic because, because you're... This is what I'm trying to import into it is It becomes toxic because it's like you're just saying... You're kind of leaving people in the lurch. Like, if you're just positive, then you'll be fine. You know, stop. Why... Why? Like, I don't... Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, it's,
1: it's the idea of it being like you know, just a mindset without any intentional action set to follow it up.
0: And I'm a person
1: who, I like to set concrete goals. I like to have a, a concrete plan for myself. I need to know what physical steps I need to take. What do I need to put my hands on? What do I need to type on my computer? What do Who do I need to go talk to? Right. The, the, what I need to think in my head doesn't matter. I feel like I'm already in that mindset. So the focus on that I was finding to be a problem. And then from there, I was finding the toxic positivity idea to be harmful to people who felt that they couldn't uh, they couldn't comfortably talk about the negative things in their life, right? And okay, I yeah. found, yeah, so that's where that's where it gets like, so that's where I first found it was like it was so useless to me in business. But then I was starting to see people, especially when I was getting into creating anti MLM videos, I was getting to see people talk about, yeah, when I worked for this company there would be no negativity allowed there was if you go on facebook and you post about how you're struggling that doesn't look good you need to say that everything is perfect all the time and that's just such a mindset where it keeps you like it's not, it's not negativity to recognize that you have a problem and need to solve it. That's, right. just, that's just being productive. So if you're thinking positively all the time, you're not going to be able to, to target those areas where you're having an issue and then brainstorm ways to fix it. And right. you need to be able to recognize the good and the bad in everything because there's always room for improvement.
0: Yeah, it's and like setting yeah. yourself up for, <laughs> it's setting yourself up to have like massive blind spots. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. like you're never going to if you're only trying to focus on the positivity, you're never going to find the things that you can really tinker with to work up to that positive yeah. place, you know?
1: I absolutely agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so, and then the other thing that I like that you said about um, the Rachel Hollis situation was this curated imperfection. And I also have a, a like a weaselly compliment to you. I like your videos because they feel very honest and authentic. And then thank you. You, you know, but, the, but then you look at a Rachel Hollis video, and it's like it's meant to be authentic, right? But it's it seems so perfect still, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think there's a difference between. Being honest and just saying things as they come to you, or speaking from the heart, there's a difference between that and like s- scripting your honesty. Which this is not me saying that you shouldn't script your videos. Like right. I script my videos sometimes if I have important points that I want to make. This is not saying that, but it's more saying that like you know, with with someone like Rachel, she'll have. You know, video after video being like, oh, me and my husband are quirky. We're just like you. Our imperfections are that, oh, look, we talked over each other on a video. That was cute and funny. But then you find out they're getting divorced because there was some huge awful time that they hadn't told you about. So that's what the, the curated imperfection, and I didn't come up with that. The author of the article... Girl, Wash Your Face is a massive bestseller with the dark message, which was on BuzzFeed. That's oh, okay. where I first saw that term, and I think that's where it first comes from. Okay. So that's where the term comes from, just to cite my source, because Rachel doesn't cite her sources, and I hate that. Wow. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's that whole idea that, like, people try to be, like, quirky or not perfect, or imperfect in a way that you can be relatable to your audience, but not in a way that, like, like, it's still, you're still showing them something that you did. Like, your house is still going to be clean. You're, you're, you're yeah. going to take pictures that still look good. Like, I don't know. I, it's hard I to My explain. office is yeah. not clean. And a lot of people might say, like, Savvy, you should clean your office for your videos. And I'm not intentionally not cleaning it to be more real. I just don't have time to clean my office. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know.
0: So, yeah, I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs are, are creative people. And so we tend to be creative. Creative people tend to have their own way of organizing, right? And it might look like a mess on the outside. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I know we're in my studio right now and it's, it's a disaster, but it goes through great degrees of disaster, you know?
1: And I think my office has to be a mess sometimes because especially now, whenever I'm in the process of illustrating a book, I do like collage style illustrations. So not, like on my desk and next to my desk, I'll be like, here's all my different colors of paper. Here's my paints. Here's my scissors. Here's my washi tape. Here's my regular tape. Here's everything. Yeah. And then I'm going to scan it into the computer. So here's my art tablet on the computer. Here's all of these things. And then I have all my film equipment in my office. So it's just it's yeah, it's it's a lot. But it's also like you were saying, organized or disorganized in an organized way. Yeah. Because like, here, I, I mean, I can show you on video. I, I've got like my planner right here. I'm like, I'm so organized in this thing. Oh, look at that planner. i got yeah. a planner. <laughs> I put stickers in this thing and everything. Yeah. Like it is so organized. And I have like, I want to say four planners I use right now. Oh, so really? it's like, cause I have, I have my main planner, which is the one I just showed you. And that one is where I write down day-to-day to-do lists, all of that. I use Google Calendar to plan out weekly tasks and tasks that um, happen every week at the same time. Okay. So I use that for that, and then I have a five-year planner that I pick up a couple times a year and block out, okay, if I'm working on a big book project. Because sometimes a book will take me two years, three years, just to have the whole thing completed. So I'm planning those out in advance and planning, I'm going to release this one while I'm writing this one, and then that one will stagger, and that'll release this time. So I'll have that book where I go out like that, and then... Um. So I have that, and then I have another planner that's specifically for book launch duties. So I just I have all okay. my planners organized in different ways. That's yeah. an
0: interesting idea. I I really I think I'm gonna pick up that five year one because I think that because I always buy a new planner like in October for the year before for the next year coming up so that I can start yeah planning the five year
1: planner I got um on Amazon a lot of people make them actually okay like people just will like like I guess just lay out calendars for different months and then just put them in a book and upload it as a file onto Amazon and they'll do a print on demand so you can find like there's so many options it's really just like what cover do you want basically Um, oh I'm sure you know
0: are you self-publishing all your books okay yeah so you're you're self-publishing through Amazon so that's why you know all that right so like
1: yeah yeah well I've I've self-published most of my books but i am my one of my upcoming ya novels is going to be traditionally published but we are using print the traditional publisher is a small press so oh. they are going to use print on demand as well because sometimes small presses do print on demand because you know buying a, a print run of something as as i found with forever home print when i was trying to transition us from print on demand to bulk qu- quantity printing you know it's it's five thousand ten thousand dollars for your first print run because you're gonna be buying books in tens of thousands instead of right in quantities of like 20 50 you know
0: And I saw yeah the pandemic kind of put a damper on that goal for you but I yeah, wonder if so I'm actually
1: k- yeah kind of like sorry a, uh,
0: maybe it was like a blessing because I was I'm afraid like maybe one day I'll write a book and I'm afraid I would end up you know printing five thousand and selling two and I have a stack in my house you know <laughs> so
1: yeah yeah. Well, that's, yeah, because i done two videos, one about how the pandemic ruined 2020 for my business, and then a follow-up about how I adapted my business to the <laughs> quarantine, so it was nice to see, and that's, you see that right there, that's the opposite of uh, curated imperfection, because I'll tell you that things are wrong while they're going wrong. I won't just tell you things are wrong afterwards, so I can be like, look at this amazing transition I made. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know I was going to successfully adapt. I was just stressed, right. but I was like, y'all need to know, uh, but yeah, so I had been working with a large quantity printer to get the books printed in five or 4,000 okay. 4, quantity and that was going to bring my per unit printing cost down right so I, um, I was working with them and it's because I've been running this business for 3 years I was going to all these events I would go to events sell you know 50-100 books at an event do events all the time right. almost every week then I'd sell online as well so I was like I was in the mode of like, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling. It's time to get them in larger quantities so that I can also then sell inventory to a brick and mortar store and that kind of thing. So I had that whole mindset going, but then all the events got shut down, all the stores got shut down, nobody's... So I'm like, oh my god, I might as well, and also because I was having problems because the books needed to ship internationally, and we kept having delay after delay after delay, so I decided in the end to go back to say, hey, you know what, we don't need to do this anymore, and go back to um, small quantity printing for now, maybe I'll um, approach that again in the future if the the um, quarantine stops and the world goes back to normal ever.
0: Right. Ever. I know it's kind of crazy. But what do you think? I've asked a lot of people having them on the podcast during this time. What do you think has happened to you during this pandemic? Have you found that like you're you're happy that you are a person who has your job, like what you do? You know, like you already said all this groundwork. And so now you get to just kind mm-hmm. of like continue to carry on as opposed to like feeling like you're like, er- halted and stuck in the house, you know? Yeah,
1: so at first that's where I felt was like I was halted. But then I used the time to work on growing my online presence, which was hard at first, but I was already, by the time the pandemic started, I was already like a year into my YouTube channel and working on it constantly. And the channel had just got monetized. So I decided, well, I've got more time in my house physically. I might as well, you know, make some extra videos that are about, Topics that are happening right now. So like, right. I would make videos, and because so, normally I'd make them like weeks in advance. Like, oh, here's all my writing videos. Here's all my writing tips. I can do these in advance, whatever. Yeah. And schedule them. But then I was like, you know, I'll find things that are happening right now. Make videos about that because people will be searching that, and then more people will find my channel. The more people that find my channel, the more people will find my links to my business, the more people that find that, I can find more customers online. And then when the world does open back up, I will not just because I did sell online, but definitely the biggest component before the pandemic was selling at events, was selling at festivals and conventions, and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I'll have that, I'll have that again then, but then I'll also have the online component. So hopefully, the sales will just double in general. Hell yeah. Um, So so that's that's. That's the goal. That's what I've been doing, and um, growing my channel has helped a lot. Plus, it's also like I get ad revenue now, so that's kind of nice. It's a, totally. a nice supplementary income. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody listening out there,
0: she just dropped all kinds of gold on how to like build your audience to some degree, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you into mentoring? If anybody was like, hey, can you show me how to do a YouTube channel? Would you? Sure. Be interested yeah. In helping them? Uh, yeah.
1: Maybe I'll. Yeah. Maybe I'll even write a book about it at some point. But yeah, I'm always happy to help people out with their channels because I feel like YouTube is a great place to build a community. Yeah. I know some people go into it wanting to just have fans because, you know, nowadays teenagers are growing up with like, I don't know, PewDiePie and Jake Paul oh, or yeah. like all the, right. the big ones and um, seeing like, oh, you can be a celebrity on YouTube. And to me, like as much as I love attention, it's not it's more about like building a community, yeah. meeting other writers, meeting other creators, working together with them, finding people who also share your love of making videos and of Making videos in your genre, so whether that's videos about writing or about books or about small businesses or whatever, I'm finding other people who like those things too. Making new friends, we share each other's audiences, and it's just a great way. At least for me, because I'm so extroverted and I cannot stand to be not connecting with other people, so right. it at least helped me in that sense to stay motivated.
0: Yeah, no, and then that's that's a nice way to dovetail into the author sleepovers, the author tube that you oh, do, yeah. right? So, yeah, like, those you are so a fun. Bit about those.
1: Yeah, so every Wednesday night, I host this event called the AuthorTube Sleepover on my channel, and it's a live stream where a bunch of writers get together, and we go on the live stream, and people can be watching and typing in the chat, or they can be on camera on the live stream with me, and we wear our pajamas, and we just talk and have fun, and then I'll say, hey, it's time to write, and then I'll set a timer for 20 minutes, and it's, everybody has to write for 20 minutes, and then when we're done, we'll come back, and we'll talk about what we accomplished, and then we'll have some more fun, and we'll eat some more snacks, and then we'll write again! And we'll do this for like two or three hours. And this isn't a new topic in the author YouTube world. A lot of people do writing sprint live streams where they'll host a stream. Everyone will write, work together, talk to it, talk to each other. The sleepover idea was actually born out of um, when I well, when I was first looking to to make a live stream on AuthorTube because cause I wanted other people to write with. You know, like yeah. I said, I don't like being by myself that much, so I needed other people to write with. Yeah. But be, because... Um, other people had were already hosting their own streams. I didn't want to overlap and nobody was hosting one on Wednesday nights, so I said, Okay, I'll do a late night live stream, we'll all do it at night and then someone was like, Oh, this is like a sleepover. So we just made it into a, a sleepover party every week now. It's super fun. That's cool. Yeah, and I noticed that you do nano I'm gonna say
0: it wrong, nano remo. I did it yeah, one year. Yeah, yeah. That felt oh, like did. a bloodletting exercise. I literally came to came to November first with nothing and wrote fifty thousand words, and I was like, "Oh yeah!" At the end, so
1: yeah, it's hard, and it, but it can be a lot of fun too.
0: Yeah, that you learn a lot about writing and how dedicated you have to be. I have to sit down every day and write those words just to get yep, them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, kudos
1: to you. For- I actually wrote my #hashtag savvy business owner. I wrote as twenty nineteen NaNoWriMo for my first draft.
0: Oh, cool! Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously
1: I had to add and change a lot because the world shut down after that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was when I, I first started it.
0: Yeah. So when did you write that book, Sculpt Yourself?
1: I, I, I I'm so wrote interested. That for, i got to
0: buy that book. I think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wrote it for NanoRIMO in 2017. Actually, so oh, okay. that was also a NanoRIMO
0: project. Yeah. Nice, and so it's it's lesbian sci-fi because you said your two genres are
1: puppies and (laughs) lesbians. Yeah, I mean that's not entirely true. It's just to an extent. Like I feel like I write such a different range of things, but yeah, that book is it's like a soft sci-fi. It's mainly a contemporary new adult novel, but it has like a speculative element to it. So it's about. There's like a pill you can take To shift your body proportions And make yourself look however you want to Do you oh, want to be a perfect hourglass figure Do you want to be like You can just you, can, you turn into like mushy modeling clay And you can make yourself however you want cool. So it's the idea of what the implications are That it has it, But it's told from It's not like about the sci-fi element It's really told from the perspective of three different women oh. Who all view it very differently But are all in Like they're all interacting with one another And and how it affects their relationships and their lives and things like that. Got it.
0: That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we should all go pick that book up. <laughs>
1: yeah, I hope you like it. Yeah, so that one, I released that one. Then I released my, oh my God, there's a bug on me. Sorry. <laughs> and then I released my uh, young adult novel, One Final Vinyl, in May, this past May. Okay. And then my newest YA novel, 90s kids is going to come out in 2021 don't know the exact date yet but we're figuring it out
0: okay cool so what kind of advice would you leave somebody with on how to be you know be in this world and an entrepreneur like right now what 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 kind of advice would you give people
1: Ooh, that's really hard what advice would i give people um I mean, I don't want to just be like a walking advertisement, but like read hashtag savvy business owner, the new book, because I give, that whole book is me giving a ton of advice to people. But I would say a lot of advice I would give would be like, you, you really, you really have to put the work in. And I know that's obvious, but like, for me, like sometimes I'll tell people, oh, I made $1,400 on YouTube last month. And someone will be like, oh my God, I have to start doing YouTube videos. And I'm like... You can if you want, but I made nothing for the first whole entire year. I made three to five videos a week for a year on YouTube and made nothing. Yeah. So if you if you want to put that amount of work into it first, then maybe you'll have a good month like that. You know. Yeah. But there's a lot of nothing's going to happen quickly, and it's going to happen slowly. To maybe some, maybe someone listening to this will be like, "Well, actually, I got lucky and savvy. Only had to work hard. Maybe that's possible." <laughs> right. um, but and for Jesse, me, right? Like, <laughs> and Jesse, you like I, yeah, maybe someone watching this will be like, Well, I'm a I'm a nineteen year old TikTok star. I don't have to work. Right. Like maybe. Lucky for you then. Yeah. Um but <laughs> for me, um the growth was very slow and it wasn't about identifying things that made you you grow quickly it was about identifying what things are making me not grow at all versus what things are making me grow a little bit and the things that make me grow a little bit how can I amplify that okay now I'm growing slightly a little bit more okay now how can I add to that amplify that a little more so it's an incredibly slow process right that's probably the best thing I can say there's there's definitely a balance that has to be done between um working on your, your, your writing or your art or your whatever type of thing you're making, working on that and making that as high quality as it can be. But then you also have to spend a lot of time on strategizing of how you're going to reach people and right. figuring out, do if you're going to be a business owner, do I need to hire employees? If you want to hire employees, how are you going to find them? Um, if someone, you know, like how, how do you get attention on the internet when the internet is? Massive. Right. It's it's with, yeah, there's, and there's no limit to how many things can exist and there's no limit to any little niche. All that, yeah. yeah. Interest group. Yeah.
0: Right. It's yeah, crazy. exactly.
1: So it's like, how do you find your people? Once you find your people there, how can, how can you meet new people? How can you meet more people? Right. And for me, it's just also approach everything like a friendship because to me, everything is a new friendship. I'm the kind of person that like, if I meet you once we're friends (laughs) like you and I are friends now you and I have been friends for the past like half an hour (laughs) that's how like that's how how I see it yeah (laughs) yeah exactly I'll go back when I was able to go out in public you know you meet someone at a networking event they're my friend now and then I'll talk to people oh my new really good friend who writes poetry yeah my new really awesome friend who does this like that's yeah that's
0: yeah, no, I, and I think you have some good sound advice, and I think that you're also very practical. I think you like to, the mindset is important. You notice that, you recognize that, but you also mm. realize that, like, the parts that are necessary are, are the key parts of mm. just the, the facts, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that you boiling it down out of that, like, fuzzy positivity is pretty much on point. So, yeah, thank you for leaving that advice for us. Of course. But so I kind of always like to end the, or, you know, wrap up the conversation and leave on a high note. So what is the best compliment you think you could receive with regards to what you're doing with regards to books you're writing or your, your company or, or whatever it is you're doing?
1: I mean, I would love for someone who's read some of my books to tell me that my story has helped either change their perspective on something or normalize something for them. Okay. That's kind of one of the goals when I think about, like when people talk about like feminism or like. Improving the world or changing the world for the better. I think that my place in all of that is through storytelling and because storytelling can kind of normalize a a better culture and a better future and a better understanding of one another and our perspectives. So if somebody came up to me and said either with like a dog book and said savvy. Chewy's book really helped change my perspective on on pit bulls or on judging others at first glance or on something like that. Okay. Or it helped my my kid with that or something. And um, I remember one time I just remembered this one time a mom came up to me at an event and she wanted to buy the book Just Me Wrigley, which is all about embracing yourself even if you're a little like if you look or act different than other people and, you know, or have, like, a, you know, if you're goofy or whatever, you know, embrace that. Right. And she had come up to me and said that, like, she wanted to get it for her son because her son had a classmate who... Was like he was a guy, but would dress very feminine and would act like a girl. And he was like, she was like, I'm telling my son, that's fine. You know, that person's being who they are. Right. And so she was like, I, I want to get this book for him, and like that kind of stuff makes me. I'm like, yes, that's that's what I, that's what I want. I want my yeah. books to get you to to think about things, to get to present new ideas to each other, to you know, to all of that. So and that's kind of you know with sculpt yourself and with body image in that book and with one final vinyl and mental illness and thinking about things in that perspective. So right. that's that's kind of the greatest compliment I can get is. If someone's like this, this book or this thing of yours helped me examine this in this way, and now I see this new perspective. I always appreciate that kind of thing. Yeah, and I, that
0: helps you because you're doing this because you want to make an impact on people. You you want to help people also feel good about themselves, and so I, I do. Think that yeah, that's that's really a good main objective. So yeah. Mm-hmm great it was been so good talking to you thank you for you too. being on the podcast and sharing your other story
1: absolutely thank you for inviting me to the podcast i had so much fun um i love doing these kind of interviews so i really appreciate you reaching out and i'm glad we got to get to know each other yeah